What's going on, guys? Welcome back. It's another huge episode of Action Movie Anatomy here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Today, we are talking about the much-anticipated third installment in the John Wick franchise, Parabellum. We break it down for you guys right now. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. You know, it doesn't matter that it's been four years. It's still awesome to hear the intro oh, music. It's, it's always the best. Steph was ecstatic when I she watched, heard it last week. I watched yeah. that. She loved it. It's she very was so, good. It was adorable how excited she was. I love her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. She was really great on the show. She was lovely. Uh, I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> nice. Uh, and my bow. And my bow. <laughs> I like wrote the outline or the email last night and I yeah. put in Lord of the Rings, which yeah. we're covering in two weeks or as the like episode that. we're covering next yeah. week. And I was like, oh no, or I guess l- next week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're in the future. We're pre taping right now. Yeah. So it's hard for me to figure that out. There's big stuff happening. This is Action <laughs> Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie related, and pop culture by the bucketful. This nice. is a review of John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Uh, so things to talk about. First and foremost, you guys are watching this or listening to this on a Monday. On a month. Oh, right. What the hell's going on? Oh, my gosh. There's so many things that are going on. I'm yes. going to let you keep talking because I'm going to ruin it. Yeah. Are you okay? I just, like, <laughs> I forgot that we're already shifting back to Monday from Wednesday, and then we're pre-taping for next week. It's complicated. It's, yeah, this there's is, so many moving parts. We're in the middle of a time heist right now. We are time, time heist. So, uh, <laughs> so, guys, this is airing on a Monday, and the reason is because Action Movie Anatomy is moving to a Monday. Uh, now, yep. by the time this is happening, you will have already heard this. We will have announced it. But this will be the first one. Yeah. Now. The reason is for scheduling, because Drew and I are available on Mondays. Uh, This is happening on a Monday because it's a brand new movie. And actually, it's going to be better for us in the future to have our reviews of brand new movies come out on Mondays anyway. Because why the hell should they wait till Wednesday if they're coming out that for the weekend? Yeah, we don't want to be like the late... Late to the party. Yeah. (laughs) No one knows what I'm referencing. We don't want to have shows come out on Wednesdays on new movies like we've done for four years. Yeah, no. We figured we we would figure out what what we needed to change to make these episodes track. We're moving to Monday. We're really going to nip it in the bud here. (laughs) So uh, Trying to get on top of things. So you guys are uh, watching or listening to this on a Monday. And uh, this is going to be our review of John Wick Parabellum. So. Other things to talk about. Yep. Uh, this is a show where we talk about action movies. Those are movies that fear to four basic rules. Those were words I tried saying. I Yeah, it's going to be a good one today. Yeah, those movies <laughs> adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero and the villain is not the first rule. <laughs> <laughs> rule number What's one. What's going on? The hero always plays by their own rules, and John Wick is the hero, and John Wick plays by his own rules. Yeah, John Wick's always played by his own rules. That's... Yeah. Uh, that's just kind of a thing about him. Yeah. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. Who's the villain in this movie? I was just going to say, is the villain, is it Asia Kate Dillon? Is it Ian McShane? Is it, uh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> is it the other guy? Uh, Ian McShane. The, you mean the the table? Over table? <laughs> the sheik. The, the table? The sheik? Uh, God, what is his name? Uh, I feel so bad. I literally looked it up on the way here and forgot already. That actor? Uh, yeah. He's recognized. Uh, Mark, Mark Dakasakis. Oh, I don't think we're supposed to know who Mark Dakasakis is. That's zero. That's the, that's the main villain in the movie. Mark Dakasakis? Yeah. Are you guy. sure that's how you say his name? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not how you say his name. Oh, that guy! <laughs> The I'm main were, guy. I thought you were talking about the guy in the desert who rehabilitated. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, he's not. He's not. <laughs> That's Riz Ahmed. <laughs> if, <laughs> nope. Uh, guys, if it wasn't made clear to you, we are going to spoil the crap out of this movie for you. So that's happening. Uh, turn this off if you haven't seen the movie, because oh, unless God. you just want to hear all about it. Um, or, or we probably already spoiled it somehow. Yeah. yeah. Rule number th- So rule <laughs> yeah. number two, the yeah. hero and the villain are always the smartest people being. I mean, that guy, Dukasakis. Uh, he's not the villain. I think Asia Kate Dillon is the villain. Kind of. It seems like her... It's. I mean, they are really... It really seems like they're the villain uh, because they know what's going on at all times. They have an unlimited source of power. They're never... Sh- they are never actually in danger, it feels like. Yes. Uh, I think just to make clear for the audience, because in case you guys are curious, Asia Kate Dillon identifies as a non-binary performer, uh, person. So the f- the reference of her or him is incorrect. And, it, and if we do that, 
I, yeah. We are so sorry. We do not mean to do that. It's well, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> there, there's not a lot of a list or like primary actors and actresses, performers that you see that identify as non-binary. So it's not yeah. a phrase that we're really used to saying in conversation. Um, so when referring to Asia K. Dillon today. We will probably refer to Asia as Asia, they or them, mm-hmm. uh, in which case, in case we make a mistake, uh, that's the reason, and that's the heads up on it. And, so and we're already sorry, because yeah. I think I already almost said she. In case you guys didn't know, <laughs> just because that's, again, in, in the discourse, the conversation that happens about, like, tier one movies, it's just not one we have that often, so. Yeah, and when they came into the film, I, w- I was actually pretty uh, okay with, with them coming in. Yeah. But when when they spoke... Yeah, they lost a little ground with yeah, me. Sure, because uh, because they just seemed super badass when they showed up. Yeah, uh, the look was very cool. Yeah, but yeah. then honestly, they won me over throughout. Like they really did. Yeah, I was convinced by the end. So, uh-huh. um, A. J. K. Dillon is probably I, I the really smartest think so. person in the room, other than John Wick. Like, I mean, and Ian McShane. Yeah, because yeah. he is never in a. It's the high table. That's the villain. They are the true villain, and that's the smartest person in the room. Right. right, which we don't even know. I mean, I guess we kind of know who the high table is now because we've seen, we've seen, we've seen the leader. I'm pretty sure it, the actual smartest person in the room is the gap between Fishburne's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the close-ups on that when he's bu- when he's bug eyeing out when he's angry is pretty, what the hell is he doing excellent. in this movie? I, like, I don't know. There there are things about this movie I can't wait to talk about because like this movie is absurd. The whole franchise is absurd. In like the best possible way but also in ways where you're just like you guys were given so much rope was, on this yes yeah, so much rope and so much money <laughs> right like it was just mu- like it had to have been like hey larry ian <laughs> if you show up in the first one we'll carry you through at least three more right they probably got back end points yeah um <laughs> so so rule number three the movie is driven by a police military political or mercenary figure he is a mercenary yeah um although he's been excommunicado excommunicado i like really liked excommunicado in the first one because yeah. it seemed kind of f- cool yeah they keep saying it in this one so uh-huh. much that it seems silly a little bit a little bit and rule number four the movie contains a minimum of one explosion i feel like there must have been an explosion in this movie right yeah you would think so uh some shit blew up probably <laughs> that's what explosions are grenades there's flashbangs oh yeah there was yeah there was there t- were... those like those stun grenades yeah a lot of them yeah that was pretty cool yeah that was also like Chad Stilisky being like, all right, we've got about three million extra dollars. <laughs> what, what should we spend it on? I know. We're going to have a choreographed dance with a SWAT team. It was pretty sweet, though. Yeah, definitely. They're like, let's, let's throw real flashbangs. That's not a good idea. Like, we shouldn't do that, Chad. We blew off one of the PA's arms. So. <laughs> Keanu can't hear in one of his ears. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, yeah, so those are the rules of action movie anatomy. Those are the, kind of the things that qualify the movies. Um, coming up today on the show, we are going to be talking uh, through a segment called The Action Guys Summarize which I can't wait. It's oh, going to be God. We are gonna, for this movie. Yep. It's gonna be really um, good. We're also going to be talking about over uh, over-siege, under-siege, properly-siege on Halle Berry's career and buying or selling on the John Wick franchise going yeah. forward because there is uh, you know, kind of a cliffhanger at the end suggesting probably a fourth movie. Um, so those are the things that are coming up. A uh, couple quick shout-outs, probably. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Do. I think we should uh, shout-out some new, brand-new patrons at the $5 or above level. We got Ben Friedman and Eric Ritz. Gentlemen... We, we salute, salute you. you. I like that you said their names because they were easy to pronounce. It's the first I like time to jump on it. First time you've ever done that I one did. before. I yeah. did. Nice. Uh, we've got <laughs> Brandon Hanna in the room. You can't see him. He's on the couch. Associate producer of the show. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. He doesn't have his headset yeah. on. He doesn't have his headset <laughs> on. I don't think he was expecting to talk today. No. I just wanted to shout him out. Yeah. Just yep. sitting here. He's just looking at us. Got some fresh kicks yeah. on. Nice. Yeah, I like Look those. At that. I like those. Uh, so, also, we have Twitter, so you can find us there if you want to communicate with us. Communicado with us. <laughs> you like that? Stupid. <laughs> you guys can find me at Andrew Guy. You can find the show at Team Action Show. Where can people find you? You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and on Instagram and, and the things. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Team Action. Uh, it's really for all kinds of things. Um, Drew and I have the, like the sweetest ideas for the 200th episode of this show, which yeah. is coming up here in probably like five or six weeks. Yep. And because now, you know, we have this show, we have the action guys over at Collider. We have 
exclusive content we do on the Patreon, you know, the Schmodown stuff. Um, we're going to do like a 200th episode week, I think. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah. we don't really know what that's going to look like yet. We'll, we'll see what scheduling permits. Ideally, it would be us releasing videos on our YouTube and our Patreon around our episodes of AMA and the Action Guys. Yeah, there'd be special stuff. Um, but we were talking about like doing all these sketches with like Nick Cage and Jerry B. And- we, that my Amazon <laughs> history is filled with looking for brown Widow Peaks. Did you start wigs. looking for one? I did. I, I, I didn't really find anything great yet. You know, <laughs> Imagine you, you would if you right like, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure no one would buy that wig other than us. us. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they don't make them really business opportunity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm really, really excited for episode uh, 200 coming up. What's really funny about this episode is that you and I had just have just played each other in Houston. Yeah, but we don't know who wins oh, yet. Right, I forgot we're in the future. You were in the future because it's a live episode. Normally, yeah. Schmodown is taped sometime before the episode airs because we're streaming live yeah you know i one of us won't have murdered the other one <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, this could be an r.i.p show one this of us really could be good one of us could be gone after this well the funny thing is is that like you got to imagine there would be, at least be a little bit of like not tension because we both understand one of us has to lose but oh, like I, throwing I'm, jabs and like when I, I win you're gonna be so furious i already fully this morning while i was like running i started thinking about it. i was like okay so after the match is over what's the best course of action i know <laughs> it's like how do we just go back because what's gonna happen like it's you know it's like highly i was like is, is there drinking is that a good idea i was like probably not a good idea actually yell at each other <laughs> getting drunk is somebody's gonna be angry You've um, changed things yeah forever forever <laughs> so anyway uh go check that out though you can go watch our match against each other uh patreon schmodown it's not patreon patreon.com slash the schmodown or slash schmodown isn't it on i think there? it's just gonna be public you can just watch it will it our match by next monday by the time this Airs. All right, this whole time heist thing. <laughs> I understand why they had such a hard time in Endgame now. <laughs> so anyway, guys, uh, that's kind of all the things. Check out patreon.com slash teamaction if you want exclusive content. Uh, big shout out to Jayla up in the booth. She's uh, she's producing the show today. And she's dealing with our incoherent babbling. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Jayla? Nope. She can't talk to us, maybe. So I just. So she gave us a buzzer. I got a buzzer. I do appreciate the buzzer, nice. JLo. Okay. Yeah, JLo took over. Uh, we had Marissa Serafini obviously in the booth for years, yeah. and then uh, our, good, our good friend Jeff Graham took over for a little while. It yeah. seems like JLo's going to be up there, and she's been doing an incredible job. And uh, JLo, I hope you're almost ready for the action guys summarize because that is one of our segments. But first. Let's get into our thesis statement. Yes. I'm going to throw to you first on this one. Oh, and actually, no, no, no. That's not what I'm doing. What? Because we collectively have a thesis statement. We do. That's the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, yeah. And this is really interesting because, like, Ben sat down. He's like, you know, I I was talking to Jeff, and I had, like, a really, would you say, like, an extreme thought? I was like, I had kind of a crazy thought that I, I, like, had never really said out loud before and doesn't really make any sense. And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. But wait, first tell me yours because I want to say, yeah, so... Go ahead. So, like, historically, uh, Drew and I, you know, what, this is almost 200 shows, so we've done, for four years, we've done shows about action movies, action movie anatomy. And it has become clear to Drew and myself, we do not like action movies. (laughs) Yeah, like, strictly action movies are not our bag, baby. I don't think they're bad. I don't hate them. Uh, but I think to clarify what we're saying, cause I know that's like kind of blasphemous. Um, I think, you know, for a long time, Drew and I have said now the moments between the action are our favorite parts of our favorite action movies. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we, we love the confrontation in, in, in the rock, you know, general Hummel and all that, like it's the talking and it's the delivery and it's the actors, right? Like, because it raises the stakes. It makes those moments of the action have so much weight to them. Whereas in John wick three, uh, specifically, they they set you up so great. For the first 45 minutes of this movie, you're like, oh my god, this is everything I've ever wanted in a John Wick movie. The stakes are really high. There's a ton of intrigue. You have no idea really what's going on. You want to know what's next. Right. And the action that comes in between early on really does have you on the edge of your seat because Keanu gets fucked up in these movies yeah. regularly. I feel like, you know what, I feel like we have to back off that statement because thinking about like Fury Road, that is a pure action movie. That's it is. what that movie is. And we love it. Yes. So yes. I don't think it's fair to say that we don't like action movies because I think what we don't like are movies that are unnecessarily dependent on the action as the only thing to make them interesting. Yeah. And like mindless action movies. Yeah. Like 
this movie is two hours and ten minutes, I think. Yeah, two hours and yeah, two hours and ten ten minutes. And it feels like the first John Wick that was like an hour forty is about as long as you need a John Wick movie to be. And that movie's like, you know, it's been a few years now. That movie's pretty freaking perfect for an action movie. Yeah, like I don't even think that John Wick, like John Wick one's an above average movie. Yeah, I don't even think it's necessarily a better movie than two or three. It's mm-hmm. just that it's a shorter movie. So you don't start to focus on the things that are that are dragging or the things that are like kind of absurd as much. Yeah, and you haven't uh, you haven't seen the character before, so you're you're not trying to. There's a lot of inventing and and reinventing in two and three from the first one. You know, like honestly, the end of this one felt a lot like the beginning of number one. Yeah, where it was like you know he's in his house and you have the really sweet like mansion fight scene, gunfight yeah, yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Kind of felt like the end of this movie was kind of repurposing the beginning of the first one. Yeah, you know, and like it's not that it wasn't sweet in this. Yeah, in, in three, it was just the first time we saw it, and one was like, oh my. God, mind blown. It's still, I think, my favorite sequence in all three movies is him in the house at the beginning. Oh, it's incredible. It's like, because it's like super simple and he's just, he takes on like 12 guys. Yeah. And it's all like the, the fighting with their guns and the like. It's like gun foo again. Yeah. From, from uh, Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Yeah. yeah. The gun kata. Do you know, do you know who the, <laughs> the bad guy is in Equilibrium? I think I do, but I, I'm not going to give you that information in case the question comes up. No. <laughs> I, I think... won't answer it either. Watch, it's going to be in the match. It um, is. Yes! <laughs> is it Tay Diggs? Is it? I think it is. It is Tay Diggs. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was famous at one point. <laughs> um, so, but uh, but yeah, like, I, I don't really know what it is about the final hour of this movie that started to lose me. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in the last hour of this movie, it was like, I think I leaned over to you literally 25 minutes before the movie was over. And I was like, for the final fight and i was like what the hell are they going to show us now yeah like where can they go from here like he's killed so many people with perfect headshots yep he's used all the guns and weapons all the weapons all the guns car fights motorcycle fights swords knives like he's explosives so what's it going to be now and it was like all right dogs you get like the armor is so strong that he has to shoot people like nine times each and so then he gets like a crazy shotgun to like blow their heads up yeah which yeah. is like sweet <laughs> it's pretty sweet like once, they, like once they actually got to the armor piercing shotgun rounds i was like okay yeah i'm into, I'm this. into this yeah I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's like sweet like that's the thing is i the parts that were great before it starts to get redundant are still great like yeah the first 25 yeah. like has all the stuff you want like he fights the giant in the library yeah he fights a giant in the library he kills like this giant with a book <laughs> it's sweet it's so in the way that he actually executes him is so awesome oh the neck on the yeah book. the neck on the book and you're just are you sure this is how you want to go and the, th- the throwing knives and the like armory from golden eye basically <laughs> which was pretty great the, the thing that i loved about this we saw a screener uh i guess a week ago now um and there was, what, seven of us or six of us in the theater, really, because it was in a smaller screener. Weird experience, actually. Yeah, it was really weird. I, I mean, normally, for, so you guys don't know this, but like, so press screenings work that uh, the bigger the movie, the bigger the theater, right? Yeah. At the highest level, we go to the Disney the Disney lot. We go see yeah. Endgame at Disney, right? Yep. Like that's, you know, a step below that is going to be a theater like the El Capitan, like a really big theater style yeah. theater where you go see. And then, you know, you have Century City and these are like major AMC style, like huge theaters. And that's where you're going to see most of the big budget stuff. Now, you get into the smaller stuff. There's a bunch of screening rooms. There's probably six or seven in L.A. that seat anywhere between like 20 and 50 people. Right. We um, saw like uh, Unsane and we saw Arctic. And what was the the McConaughey one? I can never remember. Serenity. What is it called? Yeah, Serenity. That was and that was like was at a, a private screening one, room at yeah. a production company. So, you know, it's they're small. Usually mm-hmm. there's it's a bunch of you. It's just a bunch of critics packed in. And the bigger the movie, the more people get invited. I was so, surprised that this one was where it was at. Yeah, I had. This is a Lionsgate movie. And they had a, they must have had a deal with this screening room. But it was it was strange. There was. Because the main screening that everyone I knew went to was last week. Right. And I think that was that must have been the big screening at Century City or something. Hmm. But this one was the smallest room I've seen a movie of this size in. Yeah, I've never, I mean, this is a big release. It's a it's big a movie. Big action movie. Yeah. It was like, strange to watch this with six people. But what was sweet was yeah. during that first fight, the knife throwing part, is we were all 
laughing yeah. out loud, like giddy joy. Yeah. Of him just destroying person after person, just like five knives at a time, like knife knife. It was it was like there was something wonderfully comical about that knife fight, but also incredibly badass. Yeah. So uh I think this is probably a good time for us to transition because we've been, you know, spottily talking about what happens in the movie to our next segment, right, which right. is the action guy summarize. Yes. So our thesis was basically just I don't even know what our thesis is. I don't actually believe it. I just think that Yeah, it's not that we don't like action movies. I think it's yeah, what is it? It's like it's that movies that rely so heavily on redundant action mm-hmm. are exhausting. And as people who watch like a movie a day, basically, I just can't do it. It's, yeah, it's like it, it loses me. It's I don't know. It's like this- unless the action is so innovative, right? Because like even watching the raid, the first, you know, the raid redemption that didn't ever wear on me. But then when I go back and rewatch it over and over and over, it does. I do get a little bit of that feeling just because it's not new anymore. Yeah, right. You know, it's also like weird to watch something that's just so violent and so much killing. It is incredible. So I was just on uh, sending the wolf. Yeah, I did that with with Clark Wolf, and uh, we talked about the Matrix. And I think that'll probably air next week or something like that. But uh, she was saying how. Because she's only seen The Matrix twice. Yeah. She was saying how at the very end when she when we get to the lobby scene, which I actually brought up saying that, you know, the lobby scene is one of the greatest, like, shootout scenes ever yeah. in a movie. It's yeah. like that and heat and, you yeah, know, there's yeah, like yeah. a few of them. And she was like, yeah, it was super badass. But, like, one thing I was thinking about was, like, how incredibly kind of positive it is for gun violence in our culture, which is yeah. not a good time with, you know, everything. Last week. Two school shootings, literally last week. I mean, when when that movie came out, that Columbine happened, and they blamed that they, movie exactly. Yeah, you know, trench coats were banned. You probably couldn't wear them in your schools yeah, either. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't wear them in mine. You know, and I and I was like listening to her talk about it, and I was like, yeah, it is interesting because the Matrix takes itself very seriously. It's not just a mindless action movie. It is like a true action drama that is supposed to make you think about yeah, more, right? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I guess now if The Matrix came out, maybe that lobby shootout scene would be different. Maybe it would be more like hand-to-hand combat, more knives, less guns. I don't know. But then you, f- then John Wick, I go and watch the next day. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Well, there's also a lot less blood. There's like no blood in The Matrix. Yeah, there's like no blood in The Matrix. There's a, there's an endless amount of blood in this movie. And, and yeah, it's like incredibly violent. Yeah. Like beyond... I mean, like, for instance... You've got a guy who's a super assassin who is trying to save his bullets. Yeah. But he'll shoot a guy like 20 times in the head when he right. knows that he's about to run out of bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he has to kill the next guys <laughs> with his hands or something. Right, right. Do you think the violence was too much? It does, it's not too much. It just gets intoxicating. Right. Like, it, and that's, why, that's why this movie being as long as it is is problematic because right. like – it's just such like sensory overload. It's like more satisfying to see a few people die yeah. than to watch like Yeah, that's interesting. In like the big scene with him and Halle Berry, they kill like 50, 50 people, 60 people yeah. with all headshots and it's just like it's just a lot of the same execution over and like I almost think from from like Stahelski like doing this movie, how do you get excited about choreographing and executing every single one of those headshots cuz there's so many and they're so fast. It's like it takes got to take you half a day to do one of those shots. I mean, I feel like Stiliski is probably in the same boat that you and I were in when you leaned over and you were like, where are they going to go from here? I bet yeah. he's sitting there being like, shit. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Which is why I think <clears throat> I actually do tip my hat to the armor plated yeah. SWAT team at the end because it actually added a depth or like a new type of fighting to where like okay bullets now only stun people yeah yeah, and yeah. if i want to kill them i need to find the you know the chink in their armor the bigger the bigger round yeah, yeah. so all right guys uh, we're gonna get into the action guys summarize <laughs> uh it's two minutes uh 20 seconds each so we get a total of do we do two minutes i thought we only did two minutes for endgame i think it just worked better okay it's right. not enough time all right that's fair yeah last, so- last time we got we steph and i yeah it's, we struggled <laughs> <laughs> in one minute in one minute yeah, yeah. it's not great <clears throat> talk about deadpool it was real rough yeah uh okay so we'll do we'll do two minutes 10 seconds each yeah uh so so jayla is gonna throw up the the buzzer timer for us every 20 seconds yeah uh, and i've switch. got a i've got a timer a stopwatch here would you like to start or would you like me uh you can you can start getting going three in. two one so the movie opens and John Wick is running and he's bleeding. He's bleeding and he's running and it's raining. And you're like, oh my God, what has happened, John? How did you get yourself in this situation? But you love that you're right there in the action. 
Uh, so then John is like, uh, it's 20 seconds, but you, so John is oh, like, oh. I'm going to just gonna ramble. We're going to extend the thing. You're going to start over at where you left off now. Okay. So, uh, so then he's running and he's just trying to figure out what's happening. And, and it, like, oh, John Wick is going to be excommunicado in 20 minutes. You're like, oh my God, John Wick is going to get excommunicado. First of all, you know, he's going to survive. Uh, so John is going to survive because he goes and he finds this doctor and he's like, hey man, let me in. The guy's like, I shouldn't be talking to you. John's like, let me in. So he's like, fix me. You have a couple minutes. The guy's like, great. Take these pills. They're on the shelf. So John takes them. And the guy's like, you have to shoot me because they're going to know that you were here. So John shoots him twice. The guy's like, shit. So then John leaves and he gets on a horse, I think. And a horse kicks the dude in the head and his head like blows up and there's a bunch of assassins. <laughs> yeah. So he's like running around and he like gets to a barn and there's a bunch of horses around. Like Ben is saying, you realize, okay, so the horses have now become the killing machine. So he gets on the horses and he's running away and he's trying and he gets to some place and he's like look you need to give me another chance you need to give me more time i don't really remember what happened in this moment but i know in this moment right here so and then john is like like the, you trained me mom or something it's angelica houston <laughs> and then you see all these right. ballerinas and then john gets a passage to casablanca and halle berry's there and she's like i you saved my daughter one time so i'll help you and she has these dogs and they go see this other guy and i, I recognize the actor but i can't think who he was yeah and they kill all these people and the dogs bite the dicks a bunch of times they bite yeah, a lot of dicks yeah, yeah. so he bites a lot of dicks, but first they bite the main dick of the main bad guy who shoots the dog, but he shoots the dog in its bulletproof vest. And then Halle Berry looks at Keanu, and Keanu's like, no, don't do it. And then she does it and goes crazy, and there's a massive shootout, and then it's like, oh, at the very end, you gotta walk to the middle of the desert until you're about to die, and then when you're about to die, you gotta walk ten more miles, and then he will find you. And the sheik from uh, from Taken shows up, eight seconds and he's to like, the whole movie. And he's like, uh, if you work for me and kill people for the rest of your life, we extended the time. Uh, the, All right. you, you'll, you can see your wife again except that's not really what happens and the john's like sure i'll do it so he goes to kill ian mcshane then asia kate dylan has been like putting out markers and all these people she's so, an adjudicator yeah yeah wick goes <laughs> back to uh and then ian mcshane and and the uh adjudicator oh, so the adjudicator comes in and she kills she she kills Lawrence fishburne and she takes over for ian mcshane and then ian mcshane puts his whole place his whole hotel on lockdown and he's sitting there drinking an, an absorbent <laughs> amount of brandy or scotch getting shit-faced drunk while keanu and the guy from the wire go and kill everyone it's in these bulletproof vests too much time oh, god if that didn't give you a sense of the movie i don't know what will there's a lot more that happens we just lost all our viewers there's like 40 <laughs> more minutes of the movie <laughs> if you asked me to do that in five minutes i probably still couldn't i'm sweating i'm exhausted <laughs> uh so that was the action guys summarize sometimes and if you don't know what happened you're an idiot <laughs> sometimes it's more <laughs> successful than other times um all right guys we're getting into the next part of the show this is fist pump moment it's the greatest moment in the film it's the moment where you look around and you're just like are you seeing this right now this is so awesome i'm so hyped you want to call your buddy and tell him to turn the movie on to an exact time code to watch the scene with you um do you have one yeah, I do. I do. And it was almost the fact that we were all giddily laughing in the theater like children. Yeah. Uh, I love that. It yeah. was like a very widespread demographic of people between the seven of us. It was very, very different age and, and race and everything. It was fascinating to find us all giggling at that. But it is the moment when the dog bites the main dick. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love you it. You have a dog. You <clears throat> love dogs. I do. I do. I also realize that in since owning my dog over yeah. the last couple months, which I've owned dogs before, but having another one, I like I really loved every moment with the dogs. Yeah, Even yeah, when yeah. it got like a little redundant and long, I was like Snickers could do that, yeah. <laughs> which he couldn't. Um, dogs are ferocious. They are. They, yeah. they, the dogs are super badass, and I love her commands. I love the f the whole fight with the dogs is super sweet, yeah. and like them like flying, like because those dogs are clearly doing what they're doing. Yeah, you know, it's like they're not CG dogs. The they're one like, dog like jumps up the wall. That's probably CG. Yeah, that that was pretty crazy. It's like a fourteen it was a foot huge jump. jump. Yeah. Um, you were like Snickers could do that. Snickers could do that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's the fact that the dude just shoots the dog and you're like, oh God, again. And then you realize the dog's alive, right? It's been caught in the bulletproof vest. You're like, oh, it's alive. I didn't even realize what the thing she was looking at was. Yeah, yeah. It's, it happens so quick. Yeah. But then the fact that she just, she's like, no, fuck this. I'm going to go nuts. And yeah. Keanu's like, all right, I get it. I've been there. You know? I get it. I get it. Which he actually <laughs> says, yeah, I get it. And uh, yeah, and then the dog goes and bites the dude that shot him, and then she shoots him in the knee, and he he gets exactly what, what he needed. Yeah. His comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> this movie has, like, it's so many, like, crazy, ridiculous moments. The one thing about the whole, like, dog fight moment thing was once they got away from the, the top terrace yeah and they got into like the inner workings of the complex and there was like a pillow factory in there oh yeah that was what i was like 
All right, guys. Like these are just stunt pillows for ever. Like the dog. You know what I mean? Like it was like yeah, the dog's yeah. gonna run up here. It's gonna jump across these pads that are set up, and it's gonna hit the guy, and he's gonna fall on the pad. Yeah. You know, it was just like an obstacle course set up for the animals. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> executing this movie has to like It'd be so hard. It seems so crazy. The choreography that goes into it. It's just relentless. It's relentless. Yeah, because there's. I mean, there. Are, that's the thing about it is it's almost sensory overload. There's too much. Like I was thinking about like the motorcycle sequence later I in was the movie. Just just gonna mention that and it almost <clears throat> it's almost lost on me because like it just it like that sequence in itself in any other movie is like a highlight holy shit that was like crazy. this is the chase yeah and it's like it in that movie it's just like the thing that gets you from one place to the next place <laughs> and right. i guess like i can't even really remember what happens <clears throat> there's like a part where he puts his guy's arm in the like in the something the spokes or whatever you call it. that's yeah. what you call it on your bicycle right uh and it like flips the bike and the, the scene is sweet i like when he was on the horse and he took out the two motorcycle guys yeah and he yeah, like yeah. leans off the horse that yeah. was pretty sick i think though my fist pump moment is the is the knife fight sequence uh with the throwing knives oh early yeah that's so the part that i'm talking the about guys like gurgling and yeah. like wick from like 25 feet away just picks up a, like a machete or like it's like a hatchet it's a massive like battle axe almost and he just like fucking hurls the hatchet like 40 feet into the side of the guy's head <laughs> just so the guy can't get up like that was just like unreal unbelievable and it happened within like 20 minutes of the movie starting so you're like oh my god if this is how this starts then how the hell are we gonna end this thing yeah it, it was sweet like th- and that's the thing is like this i almost think it's most <clears throat> effective in the first movie because a lot of the craziest stuff they only do a couple times but they also didn't have the time the money the any of the resources to make the first movie like the second or third and it's like by the time the second and third movies happen, they obviously have to heighten. There's a lot yeah. of world building. And I think that's one of the things that I, I really want to talk about, actually. So let's get into uh, Star Profiles really quickly. Yeah, yeah, and let's... we can kind of go through it. And <clears throat> when we get into production development, we can talk a little bit about that stuff. So it's weird because there's actually like five people we should be talking about. But we're actually just going to talk about Keanu and Hallie because we have other segments focusing on them. So Keanu Reeves <clears throat> most recently did Replicas in 2018. I forgot that movie happened. What is it? Is it, is, isn't it, a re- is it a remake? Or is it just like, it's like a sci-fi something. I, I completely forgot that movie existed. 2018, Replicas, Destination Wedding, and Siberia. So here's the thing about Keanu that's really interesting right now is that like, <clears throat> he's become the Chuck Norris of this generation. He just is. Like, he's a badass. Everyone loves him. He's got all these incredible <clears throat> stories and memes circulating the internet about how he's just the coolest, nicest dude ever. He, he, he'll, like, give you the jacket off his back. He'll pull over on his motorcycle and help you when your cars run out of gas. He'll give up his seat on the subway. Um, these are all things that he's been documented doing. He's and, a like, folk hero. He's a folk hero. Uh, and even Clark Wolf was telling me, like, the two times she's met him, one behind the scenes and one as an interview, she was just like, he's just the coolest, nicest dude. Like, you want him to be successful i don't even care that i don't know what these movies are no. i don't care if he ever does you know if he does like 50 more movies in his lifetime and two of them are good i'm totally cool with it keanu came on the scene in the mid 80s he broke out in the late 80s with <clears throat> bill and ted you know because you go you go to like young blood like that hockey movie is the goalie and it's right. like 86 probably you know like river's edge like you know parenthood he plays todd he's one of the sons like or the boyfriend so by the late '80s, he's kind of breaking out, and he does Bill and Ted, and then he gets Point Break in '91. That's the big, that's the big uh, genre change. Bigelow fought for him really hard to be the star of the movie, and she wanted him to play an action role. And so from there, you know, he gets speed, and he goes on to kind of own the '90s in like, just in terms of like, he's he's in Speed, and he's in like Johnny Mnemonic, and he's in Chain Reaction, and right, like they were just trying to throw him into whatever. He's he was in, in everything. I think he's in like Midsummer Night's Dream, maybe. He's I in, think he's in there too. He's that in one sounds of the Shakespeare right. movies. And then of course the Matrix happens in ninety nine. Yep. And so, you know, Keanu spends about ten years ascending from Bill and Ted through the Matrix. He does two Matrix sequels and through probably the mid two thousands, he's pretty famous. Like he's like an A list star. Sometime in the mid to late two thousands, like for whatever reason, he just sort of started to sag off. He did like a bunch of movies that weren't very good. He did like a bunch of movies that no one cared about. Like, remember he did like Forty Seven Ronin. Yeah, you know, and like I'm pulling up his uh, his filmography right now because I remember when he shows up as the boyfriend in uh, Something's Got to Give. I remember like, oh, this is interesting. Like Keanu is in an ensemble movie as like this this like kind of attractive boyfriend character, right? But you know, Jack and Diane Keaton are the stars. 
you know, Keanu's role in this movie is about as significant as Amanda Peet's role in this movie. Like he's not starring. And I remember he did the lake house. Yeah. So he does the lake house <clears throat> in 2006. Right. Then he does street Kings. And then he does the, the day the earth stood still, that, which is just like bad movie after bad movie after bad movie. That's the era that I can remember street Kings the where I was like, okay, he's so he's still getting like big movies where this movie's opening with him on the cover. But people aren't watching them and people don't care. Same with the next two movies, which is Henry's Crime and Generation Um. That's what it's called. Generation Um. And, and then after that is Man of Tai Chi, 47 Ronin, and then John Wick. So he has about, it seems like he has about five or six years there where he was like kind of in the wilderness. He yeah, just like wasn't just, really a thing. Yeah, it was just like, well, Keanu's famous enough. We'll put him in this movie because we can't get anyone else. But then John Wick came out, and it wasn't like John Wick was supposed to be a big deal. It wasn't like Keanu was supposed to be, like, the new Liam Neeson. He just yeah. kind of did that movie, and it was a really, like, surprise hit, and and his career kind of took off again. Yeah, because I, I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. I didn't see it till almost almost a year later. I mean, didn't we cover it with Kathy Kelly, like, a long time ago? Is that First that? John or Wick? is that Casino Royale, I'm thinking of? Casino. Yeah. I, we... Steph Z maybe Steph came on for the first John Wick probably yeah then now you look at his career and it's like oh wow okay so he does John Wick 3 2019 obviously and then always be my maybe which Mm. I don't really know what that is and then Toy Story 4 and Bill and Ted's face the music so it's like and there's a fourth Matrix movie coming out oh right right that was just announced Keanu's coming back which is fascinating yeah which actually I'm not even sure if that's been made public is that public do people know. know that I don't know I feel like I feel like people know that. I feel like how, how did you hear about it? It got confirmed by Chad, I thought, but then maybe the statement got retracted or something. Huh? Yeah, I'm not I'm not positive. Yeah. Um. So all that being said, uh. Oh wait, that's Keanu. So let's do Halle Berry really quick. So Halle Berry in 2017, she does Kidnap Kings and Kingsman: The Golden Circle, which is funny because I've actually seen two of these three films. I've seen Kidnap. I watched Kings. Oh, you did. I had to watch Kings. I reviewed it last year. Uh. Right. Or did I just make that up? <laughs> you just made that up so you could say you've seen two of them also. No, I have seen Kings. I reviewed Kings. Wow. I was drink- <laughs> I was drinking a lot last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Kidnap is NC-17, and it's got a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's the one where her daughter gets taken. It's like taken, except it's her. Yeah, and she's right? like driving on the freeway all the time and like going to... She's like, do not take my daughter. Yeah. Right? I, I believe that that is in the film. Yeah. Except for is it his son? It's her son, I think. You sure? Sage Correa, Frankie? I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly I don't really remember this movie at all. I remember like watching parts of it and being like, okay, this is okay, but I'm not really on board and it just kind of peters out. You know, it's a pretty B list. What's Hallie's career from twenty twelve to twenty seventeen is the question. Yeah, so and then that'll get us into to over under proper on the Halle call Berry. Is in there somewhere, right? Isn't the call? Is that, that the, is, is that a horror movie? No, isn't that movie the movie she gets a call and someone's in trouble? Yeah, She's like a phone operator. Yeah, when a nine one one veteran <laughs> operator takes a life. Yeah, yeah no, it's a, she literally gets a phone call uh, in twenty thirteen. So if you look at God, I guess a, honestly, I guess a perfect stranger was the last like kind of notable things she did what is that because that's the one with her and uh oh wait no i'm thinking of enough a perfect stranger is the one with uh with her and willis no it's her and willis okay yeah yeah so the perfect stranger is her and willis she goes undercover and it's like she's trying to catch bruce willis for being i can't remember so that's in 2007 she does things we lost in the fire and frankie and alice over the next three years wow isn't another movie till 2011 she's in new year's eve Okay, so she did one of those guys. Yep. Dark Tide, 2012. Cloud Atlas in 2012. Okay, yeah. The Call, X-Men, Days of Future Past. Sure. And then Kidnap, Kingsman. So so she really, for the last five or six years, it seems like actually since Cloud Atlas since 2012, so she does Cloud Atlas, she does an X-Men movie. But then other than that, like, she's not even acting very much. No. She's kind of taking a little time off, it seems like. Yeah, she's... I mean, I think people just got tired of her. Or she... Or she got tired of it. It seems like there that she deliberately decided to take a little more time off. Because the the idea that... What, isn't Halle Berry like 50? I feel she's like she's got to be. And she she could have gotten super burnt out after the the night the early the late 90s 2000s run. Yeah, cuz I think she's I'm pretty sure Halle Berry's like 50. And maybe she might be 50 on the dot. 52. She's 52. God yeah. damn. She looks great for she 52. She looks incredible. That's ridiculous. Um but she like Kingsman and this, they're big franchises that like for her to go be a part of. I feel like that's not that's not like, oh, let's see what Halle Berry's up to. That's like 
can we get Halle Berry? Is she interested in working? And probably like, yes, she's interested in working. Let's get Halle Berry for these franchises. That's a little bit more what it feels like. Because she just just Kingsman and this movie alone makes me feel like she's a list again. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing is, do you do you think Halle Berry right now in Hollywood is overly sieged, underly sieged or properly sieged? Where do you think she's at? And if you don't know, I I think I'd know where I put her. Go ahead. I think she's properly sieged. Okay. I I think she still can do it, and I know she's a great actress. Yeah. We've seen it. We've seen it so many times. You even see it in John Wick 3. It's just like, okay, if you need a, to have a hard emotional scene, yeah. let's have Halle Berry do it, because she's the best actor in this movie, probably. Yeah. Um, I just don't... I just don't think she has that movie star charisma that we talk about, that where it's like, I just want to see Halle Berry doing stuff. I don't. I don't. Like, the same way... I mean, because what, her and Charlize are around the exact same age... She's, I think, she's probably five or six years older. Okay. Yeah, so I I care about what Charlize is doing. Yeah. I'm excited when I see her next movie. Like, when <clears throat> when Atomic Blonde came out, I was ecstatic. Yeah, me too. When, when, when her and this, I mean, and that was kind of... <laughs> but <clears throat> seeing her in John Wick 3, I was just like, okay. Whereas, if, if Charlize was in John Wick 3, I would have been like, oh, hell yes. Yeah. You just couldn't do it because she was in Atomic Blonde. It would seem weird. But, like, I don't know. I... I just don't care that much. She was like, she was good in this. She too. did everything she was asked to do. She was cool. She was badass. She like, she was great. She executed the action perfectly. Yeah. Even like her one scene, though the scene itself felt forced. She was fine. She was great. Yeah. She did a great job. Um. Yeah. I think if I was going to answer the question, overly sieged, underly sieged, properly sieged, Halle Berry, I feel like my answer to the question is probably, probably undersieged at this point and i think the reason i would say so is because that career run we just talked about does not to me feel like somebody who was actively trying to work and failing it feels like somebody who was like i won my oscar i did the fame thing i was in all these x-men movies i want to like chill a little bit and do some movies i want to do so i look at like kings like it's a movie about the la riots it's like a pretty like a tough emotional role I just think she's like, I want, I want to be in the stuff I want to be in. And again, like 52 year old woman executing that kind of action that convincingly, that's some tough shit, man. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Like, I, I think she's a great actress. I think she's taking immaculate care of herself. And I think that the world until last year, until Kingsman came out two years ago, just was like, Halle Berry's done. She's like kind of done. And I just think her ability to like step back in and just like, are you kidding? I still got it in spades if I want it. It makes me feel like the world still doesn't really realize that, like, Halle Berry could get the right role and win another Oscar tomorrow. Yeah, she totally could. Things. I, I wonder, I, I want to, like, go through and read this whole thing on her uh, and, like, figure out exactly, if, is it because she is hard to work with? Is it because she wanted to take time off? Is it because she's busy, you know, producing uh, on BET? Like, what is it about Halle Berry that's keeping her from being in front of the camera? Because, you know, there is a lot of, of people that just are like, I want to move behind the camera. Right. Bradley Cooper's in the process of doing it right now. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> okay, so you have her under, I have her proper. It's close, I'm but okay I think that. so. Yeah, so uh, let's move on a little bit more here just because we have a limited time and a few more segments I want to get to. Yeah, so um, we, uh, production development here. The first film was always intended to be a franchise, and the third installment was announced in June of last year, and most of the cast was confirmed. I'm sure they were all very excited to get the work. Um, <clears throat> filming began in May of 2018, and it lasted through November, taking place in New York, Montreal, and Morocco. According to Counter, the film's title was taken from the famous 4th century Roman military quote, CV Passum Parabellum, which means, if you want peace, prepare for war, which is actually my favorite line. I didn't know that that was yeah. that, but Brandon Hanna, our producer, did some awesome research for us, so Brandon, thank you. <laughs> nice so- work, Brandon. Nice work, Brandon. Uh, and then uh, this movie was directed by Chad Stileski. St- Stahelski. Right? Stahelski. Stileski. Chris Skalicki. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so did you speak with Chris this week, by the way? Uh, I, I haven't mean, responded to his message. This yet. would have been two weeks ago. I haven't responded yet. Oh, really? No. Huh. Interesting. When you're popular in the Schmodown and a celebrity, you can do what you want. When you're <laughs> trying to win, you have to get things in on time. This is clever. It's yeah. funny. No, you're it's just talking true. smack after I beat you. So well, this, well, this is, this is a good look. Talking, you're getting red. <laughs> 
Um, Why don't you read the damn segment? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Chad made his directorial debut doing the first John Wick. Um, he had previously served at, served as Keanu's stunt double, and kind of as part of this generation we have now of this last like five to ten years of this new era action movie. Yeah, um, and I would say you know from the this, this movie is written. Where, who's it written by? Where's it? Uh, it's written by uh, oh, Derek Holstead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the writing in this movie is interesting because what sets this franchise apart from what sets this franchise apart from like the equalizer and taken and you know atomic bond doesn't have a second installment yet but i think there's another one coming yeah. um what sets it apart is that they're really interested in this big world building they they really like the idea of this like assassin's world and the high table and the third movie really leans into it all the rules and stuff and yeah the second one like really starts down the path and the third excuse me the third one is just like we are deeply entrenched and what's really interesting about it is that i actually think there was way more opportunity to make this movie a drama like that had great action same as opposed to an action movie that has a little bit of drama well because that's what it felt like in the first hour you find out that like you know wick comes from somewhere this is where his training came from and like this is kind of his surrogate mother you find out that like okay he has a history with Halle Berry at one point like she came to him as another assassin he saved her daughter like that's really interesting okay there's these markers and like you cash these in and the high table and here's the rules and you know this this like Russian organization has an agreement with the high table right the continental and all the like you know the whole the whole entire continental and sacred ground and and, you know d deconsecrated ground and all that stuff is is like fascinating like he literally has to put his hand on the steps 15 million dollars yeah and that guy just could kill him but he just can't breaking the rules and so for whatever weird reason i don't even think it's a weird reason i just think it's like okay this is an action franchise that has succeeded because of its excessive action Mm -hmm. we if we don't just like heighten even more from the second movie then this movie won't work were you gonna say you just don't see why they didn't lean into the story i just wish they had i wish like the keanu in his best moments is actually a good actor yeah and i wish that he had had more moments they don't give him enough lines he has like 19 lines i know that was one thing i realized i was like they just don't ever let him talk no and when they do is they're like they're punchlines they're action movie you know 90s action movie punchlines which is like Again, the first hour of this movie is so incredibly intriguing. You want to know everything that's going on and like the motivation behind Keanu and the motivation behind everyone. And it, it doesn't, they don't really ever give it to you. And if they do, it's very much just like because he wants to. Yeah. I mean, the, the, <clears throat> you know, the major motivation of why are you fighting so hard to stay alive? And it's like to preserve the memory of my dead wife. And I'm going to, I'm going to cut my finger off go into service for the most evil organization in the world and kill for you for the rest of my life so that I can miserably live with one less finger killing for you so I can remember my So I can my just have wife. the memory of my wife. Which is like, I don't really buy it. I don't either. You like, would think someone like John Wick, who has been doing this for so long, he's felt so much pain, he would just be like, I'll just kill myself and just go and be with my wife. Like the one part about... Or I'll give up. The thing about this that I like, the missed opportunity, and see, that's and that's the thing, is like if we really break this down, uh, one second, hey J-Lo, uh, I know you can't respond to me because you don't have a mic, but uh, you can just give me two bells if uh, if this answer is yes. Uh, this timer that we have here, if we go 10 minutes past it, we're fine, right? We're just going into the next tape time. Great. Okay. Um, so I just... It's like the diving bell and the butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how did you just talk to me? What just happened? We can hear her. I don't think the, the audience can uh, hear the her. The audience can yeah, hear yeah. her. Terrific. Okay. This is your first show. Yeah. <laughs> so... You could have literally not had Larry Fishburne, the gap in his teeth, or Halle Berry in this movie, and the movie would have been the same movie. The exact same. You don't need any of it. You You, don't. You actually, he could have gone to Casablanca, he could have been given immunity by this guy who somehow knew he was coming. He He could have have He could have helped that guy before and had the token. He could have found a dog in the street who followed him because he's great with dogs, and now he's like, great, I have a new dog. Or just kept his dog from the beginning that he sent to the Continental. Yep, he takes the dog up top. The guy's like, your dog is cute. And he's like, maybe the guy's abusive. And he's like, you can't have my dog. John doesn't spare him. He just kills the guy because that's what John would do. Because John Wick does. The guy never comes back anyway, so it doesn't matter. And then John Wick leaves, and he doesn't have a car with Hallie in it, but he just like fights his way out and drives out. And now, then the guy also still tells him to go to the desert and walk forever. And then, and then we've just cut out 20 minutes of the movie. Same can be said for all the Larry Fishburne stuff, which is just like, what the hell? And he, he like gets slashed seven times with swords. The guy's like, not in particularly great shape. Like, <laughs> I don't know how he survives. I know. And they're gnarly cuts. Yeah. Like, you're sure he's dead. 
at the end he's just alive he's just alive and rafi just like brings you know yeah, rafi brings john wick back i love that we just call him rafi i love that rafi and morpheus are hanging out in this movie i'm pretty sure jason manzoukas will forever and always live just be rafi i love him yeah he's so great he's great so that being said over i mean uh do you do you buy or sell on john wick like it is clearly set up for a fourth film it ends with him like holding up a bloody hand saying I can hear you and then he flips around the middle finger and then Lawrence Fishburne gives a monologue about being pissed off in his teeth and like and then the movie ends I hated the ending well because I leaned over to you and I go wait are they seriously going to go back to the continental and deal with Asia and deal with Ian and that's impossible that's another 40 minutes yeah you know and the movie ends I was like, I'm not compelled to watch a fourth John Wick movie. If 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 like they pick up where they left off and it keeps going, my answer is I'm selling hard. Yeah. But the thing is, I think John Wick three is going to make a lot of money. I think it's got it's a ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the only uh, we're going to skip box office and critical quizzes. There's nothing out yet. It's got a ninety five percent on the tomato meter from our friends. Yep. <laughs> I mean, everybody I know loved this movie. I feel like we're more down on this movie than anyone I know, and I don't understand why because. We are the perfect type of people to love this movie. Like, I, I didn't dislike it. I just found it to be, like, fine. 70%, 68%. Yeah, right around I'd there. give it. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, like, it's going to make a shitload of money because this franchise is successful and it's a big moment and, like, people have been waiting for it. People love John Wick. People, people love Keanu. I love Keanu. Me too. And so I, it's going to make a lot of money and I think they'll make a fourth John Wick movie. The thing is, I don't want to see it. I what the, what are they going to do in a fourth John Wick movie that's different than what they did in the third? Because all they did in the third movie was be like, there's more world, but we're just going to have it as the backdrop. We're not actually going to like invest in the world. We're just going to yeah. like have it as the, the backdrop of the painting. And he's just going to do the same thing he did in the second one. Look, when Chad watches this episode, I'm sure that he will go back to the drawing board for John Wick four and put in more of the drama in the story, because that was so compelling. It's it was so good. And, and the fact that like, they just kind of let it, like you said, they just kind of let it go. They don't really cl- close a lot of the, the ends. They don't really finish finish it. They just leave a lot of open-ended things throughout. If they just paid attention to the story and keep those sweet action moments, because they, they don't need to keep heightening the action. No. It's fine. It's it's incredible. I, I know I know what they're doing. They have to find ways to make it different. Yes. And you, there's plenty <clears throat> of ways to kill people with household items. You, yeah, I mean, you know? look at... I mean, so that was the other thing I was thinking when I was watching. It was like, for the same reasons that Jason Bourne was awesome because of the simplicity behind what he does, it's like John Wick is awesome because of how extra he does everything. Yeah, right. You know, I think I think they need to find a happy middle ground and go back because, again, our favorite two fights in the whole movie are done with a book and, and throwing knives. And, and, like, if you think about it, you compare this to the other action franchises we mentioned, it's like, okay, so I didn't need Taken 2 or Taken 3. They right. didn't do anything different for me. Equalizer 2 was totally fine just like it's a lot more of the same jack reacher 2 jack reacher 2 definitely didn't need that movie Mm-mm. what makes mission impossible 4 5 and 6 so good other than the obvious tc legend <laughs> <laughs> well tc legend uh it's because i feel like tc has been in the future yeah. and he's like looked at all the things that they need to he's like okay so while I'm filming MI3, I'm going to look in the future to MI9 and see what stunts we're doing then. And I'm going to gradually build the whole way. And I'm also going to do all of my own stunts. That's, I Honestly, I think those are the two things. I think they have figured out a way to gradually heighten the action every time and do it new without being repetitive. And also... Tom Cruise doing his own stunts. It's not the fact that you're like, oh my God, that's cooler because Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts. That's cool for us that know that. A lot of people don't know that. What is so sick about it is the shots, the camera, the wide angle shots, the long tracking shots where you're like, that is a superstar celebrity on a motorcycle kicking and fighting and hitting his knee against the ground, scraping. You know, you mentioned the motorcycle fight in the, on the highway in Tokyo, or I believe it was, I can't remember. Um, It's sweet, but it's all up close. And you know they're just on a track or they're on the back of like a vehicle yeah, yeah, and yeah. doing that thing because it's so close that like during that, that fight, the whole time I was thinking like because Keanu's doing his best of like trying to pretend he's steering, 
but like Cruz is actually steering. Yeah, right. He's actually holding his breath. He's actually hanging on a plane. He's actually hanging outside of the uh, the building in the Burj Khalifa. You know, and it's it's yeah, it's weird. Like it is it is thrilling to watch Tom Cruise do the stunts, and I know Keanu does a lot of his own stunts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. He's he's pretty damn close in terms of like <clears throat> other actors that do that. Yeah, and you can, and you can see some of them when he is riding the motorcycle. But there's just something about there's something about the like I don't know if it's the it's the actors they cast or the fact that we get a lot more we get real emotional scenes in those movies like yeah. when crew when when uh the scene where Luther is talking to Rebecca Ferguson in yeah. Fallout and he's like the only time and Ethan like there's only one woman that's ever made him do it and there's only a, one other and then like Cruz walks in you're like this is like good stuff. It's a good know? dramatic moment. You need to walk away. Don't make me go through you. That whole scene, like those scenes are great. That's and also at the end when yeah. he sees uh, Michelle Monaghan and, yeah. and uh, what's what's his guy? West? No, it's not West. West. Yeah, it is yeah. West Bentley. That's a great scene too. Totally, it's really really well done. And it's like some somehow, and I mean, I guess it makes sense. You have Christopher McQuarrie versus Chad Stahelski, so it's right. like McQuarrie's a proper like dramatic storyteller and he's a former stuntman like that's right and the budget's got to be a lot crazier because you also got to think you know even things like an mi uh five right yeah an mi five where he d- he like climbs up the pole backwards with the handcuffs yeah. you're like that's cool enough for me for like at least yeah. the next 30 minutes yeah right that right. shit was nuts it's nuts who even thought of that look at his abs <laughs> Here's a hundred, you know like it's just crazy uh yeah so i don't know um What's your favorite line? Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> I know. I can't even, like, honestly barely remember any of the lines in the movie. I, I, he I, says, uh, like like you said, he says under 20. Ah, shit. I and I just stole mine from the from the title. Yeah, the parabellum the line? Yeah, I like that. You know, if you want peace, prepare for war. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love the writing in this movie. It's it's not very good. I mean, the the you could say the worst line if you want, which is, "Hey, John, I'll catch up to you." No, you won't. Uh. <laughs> that was pretty moment. unnecessary. <laughs> I just was like, "Just don't say anything. Just keep walking." I don't know if this ever happens to you while you're watching a movie and the character says something and then you say the response and you're wrong. You're like, okay, good. They're smarter than yes, you. Yes, yes. And yep. it's 90% of the time you're wrong because yes. they're smarter than you. Because they're writers and they get paid millions of dollars. I was right twice in this movie. <laughs> twice in this movie I was correct. Which is why we're not writers. What was the first one? I can't remember. There was another one though. That There was another moment in the movie where somebody said something and I was like, yep. yep. I, I knew you were... And then at the end when he says... And he says, I'll catch up to you. I was like... I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, there's no way he's going to say it. He's yeah, I was like, away. same. I was like, there's no way he's going to turn around and say anything. Okay. Don't do it. Oh, no. Oh, Here, no. There it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, yeah, I didn't. Uh, favorite line, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. You're going to pass on that? I'm going to pass on that That's one. all right. Uh, there are three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. This is an interesting one on this one. Um, I think you got to say totally ridiculous. I know. I You do. Because, right? like, I think, I think two was actually more ridiculously legitimate. And one was definitely ridiculously legitimate. Yeah. But, but three just feels just totally ridiculous. Yeah, it's like the all the opportunities that they gave you to lean into the world to make it a, lo- a little more legit, they just like kind of pissed on by just like not really taking seriously that world. Right, because the, cause he, cause the other thing too is that even though he's a superhero and even though he's, he's the protagonist, the main character, you still want him to have to live by the rules of that world, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's the only thing that gives anything any stakes. Yeah, yeah, it's like they couldn't come up with a. It's just weird in the third movie that they just didn't give him a, a more like like a really, like can you imagine what if what if the instead the story had been something like. Halle Berry early on in the movie shows up and she she helps him and they go after her daughter and now Keanu has to protect the daughter because he owes it to Halle Berry and so now the thing he has to because do is stay alive she saved him instead and Halle Berry point. dies and now he has to protect Halle Berry's daughter and like for a large portion of the movie he's like protecting someone's life. I'm already more interested in that movie. Right, me right? Too. Like it's I'm like I, w- I would watch that. It's him protecting his own life was just the stakes were fucking terrible. That because was, you know he's not going to die. Yeah, it, that was the biggest issue. It just was exhausting to watch him fighting and just get hurt a lot. <laughs> yes, it was exhausting. Anyway, all right, guys, there's only one last thing left to talk about, and that's called the pitch. All right, um, this is right. Are you sure? Uh, I'm pretty sure because we got what's airing today, which is the other one, yep. Sherlock, which we can say because that was last week. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this episode. So that would make sense that there's this with the watch along. Yep. Yep. 
and my bow. <laughs> we are doing Lord of the Rings and Fellowship of the Ring next week. We're also going to be doing a watch along, I think. Hopefully, yeah. we have time to do it. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to schedule that for patrons. Patreon.com slash team action. Everybody at the $10 level gets an invite to watch it with us. Um, so I think we're going to be doing a fellowship watch along probably a week after. Actually, it's probably going to be this week. Now that this airing this week, and and you know what's really exciting about this is I was pretty shocked at the amount of our patrons that weren't super excited about us covering this. Yeah, they were like either they don't love it or they were like, well, I want them to cover something off brand. You will adore Fellowship of the Ring after watching it with us. I love this we movie so love much. this movie so much. <laughs> and Sean Bean, if you could join us, that would be amazing. Uh, I can't wait. So I can't great. wait. So I yeah. think probably if I had to guess, we'll have to go confirm it. But if I had to guess, it will be the Sunday prior to actually covering this on the show. Seems right. Right. So it'll probably be the Sunday night. Uh, it might change, but the tentative date that I'm going to go off of right now is that would be the 19th, the 26th. That would be like June 2nd, probably. Uh, Yep. Yep. June 2nd. We're getting a nod from uh, Brandon on the couch. So I'm going to say Sunday, yes. June 2nd at night is the tentative date we're going to go with to, to do the watch along for Fellowship of the Ring. So yep. uh, go get excited. Get get hyped, guys. Patreon.com slash team action. Uh, and a big shout out to our generals in the action army. Andrew Hayes, Paul Denuso, Billy Belford, John Getz, John Patterson and Billy Bedford. All right, guys. We, we salute, salute you. you. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.